Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Jeff Pooler, and you're listening to the Raspy Voice Kids. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I Also Hate Pit, joined by... Jeremy JN Phoenix, I'm in the booth this week. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. This is the Raspy Voice Kids podcast, and we want to tell you about something very important before we get to pop culture. Hit you with that pop, 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 pop. We're talking about Symbol. Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to trade sports teams like stocks and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol has blended sports and the stock market to offer you a new way to invest, to invest in and profit off your favorite teams. Use your sports knowledge to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. Symbol is offering a very special giveaway to the 1012 network, which the RVK is a part of, and specifically to the Raspy Voice Kids. Symbol is going to hold a drawing to give away two tickets to a Big 12 game of your choice. All you have to do is sign up for Symbol making a $25 deposit using promo code RASPY12, R-A-S-P-Y-1-2, and you will be entered into a chance to win two tickets to your favorite team's game this season. Visit www.simbull.com to create a free account, and when you deposit, make sure to use the promo code RASPY12 for a chance to win two tickets to a Big 12 game of your choice. Visit Symbol.com and use the promo code RASPY12 and start investing in your favorite teams now. Never had a lot, this is all I need. People never care until it's all I pay. Turn their back on me for no good reason. Loyalty is priceless and it's all I need. Can't burn a bridge just to lay my way. Now that that is out of the way, we're going to get into something we saw on TikTok. Some more Am I the Apple? L slash underscore love. Is that right, Jay? Yes, sir. L slash underscore love on TikTok brought something to our attention. The question, Am I the Apple? And we're going to find out what you think because Jeremy Jeremy and I are going to tell you what we think. Go ahead and play for him, Jay. All right. We're going to let her tell her tell it herself. Here she go. 
I, 35-year-old female, threw away old photos of my husband, 44 male, with his late wife years ago. He just found out and he hates me for it. I met my husband four years ago and it was love at first sight. He was a widow and he had a daughter who is now 17. It was tough to deal with, I won't lie, but I wanted to be with him so badly that it didn't matter. We got married two years ago and we've had our struggles, I won't deny, but overall it was a very happy, love-filled marriage. At the beginning of our relationship, I was really jealous of his late wife. He had pictures of her around his home. His family loved her and talked about her all the time. It was tough. I was constantly comparing myself to her. She was beautiful, intelligent, and successful. She was a great mother, friend, wife, whatever you can think of. I did speak to my then boyfriend about these feelings and he even took down some of the pictures later on in our relationship. Still, his house never felt like my home as it felt like it was still hers. When we got engaged, we decided we would buy our own home and we moved in right before we got married. During the moving process, I found box after box of old photos and other materials. Photos of his ex, family photos, photos of them together, baby photos, everything. Some of these were even Polaroids. They were so old. They had been together for many, many years and had so much history together. I don't know why at that moment I snapped, but I did. I threw the ones with her and them away in the garbage. When we were putting photos up in the new house, I didn't put any of her except ones with my stepdaughter. There was a box of her things and I donated some of the items and threw the rest of them away. I even went onto the computer and deleted photos he had stored on there. At the time, I felt like I won maybe. I don't even know what I was thinking this would accomplish, but I did it. For the past two years, my husband hasn't noticed. My stepdaughter turns 18 soon. She's a very intelligent girl. She graduated early, goes to a top tier school, and is very well adjusted for someone who lost her mother so young. Anyway, my husband's mom wanted photos of her as she was putting something together for her. He went to look for them, and as you can imagine, they weren't there. He asked me about them, and I admitted everything to him as I wasn't going to lie to him. He's very angry at me, and he can barely look at me. I've asked him to go to marriage counseling, but he refuses. I'm 13 weeks pregnant, and I'm trying to manage the stress. He's devastated, not just for his daughter, but for himself. I know he loved his late wife very much, and if she was still here, he'd probably still be with her. He's been in tears half the time when he's speaking to me, and he won't sleep in the same room. I have tried to explain that I have felt guilty ever since and why I did it, but he doesn't care. He asked me what he's supposed to tell his daughter. Some of the material I donated slash threw away were really important. I know that I screwed up, and I know that I need to make this up to my husband and his daughter, but I don't know how to. This was such a monumental scrope on my part. I have always been jealous of her, and I did not handle my emotions correctly. I have tried to track down photos of her by other people, and while I did find some from his parents and her friends, her parents died when she was young, and she was raised by her grandparents who are now dead. There aren't many photos of her out there. I So, wow. Wow, Brandon. Did you hear all that? I heard the whole thing. I couldn't believe it the first time I heard it. I still can't believe it. I'm in absolute awe. What is wrong with this woman? What in the selfish, uh, self-centered, this is wrong with this woman? Look, I get what? it. What no, in I the insecure, low self-esteem, need to get it together, world is wrong with this woman? Here's one thing, Brandon. If, if the man and his wife got divorced because she cheated or something bad happened or, or something, I understand that. It seemed like this woman passed away, right? Yeah. No, wait. If she, not just because the, not if the woman cheated, let's say that the husband was the one who ended lost or who cheated and ruined the marriage. Let's say the husband's the one who ran around on her and left her, but now he's pining after her. Then I could understand. This yep. woman clearly died. She says multiple times his late wife. Yes. Amen. That's my big thing. She died. Here's the thing. If you had a problem with it, I know she said she brought it up, but she didn't bring it up strong enough. This is a major thing in a relationship. And if you can't handle it, you got to say it to begin with. And then you get to a point where you're throwing away this man. (laughs) 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 Throwing away his pictures, deleting his files. 
forever. Brandon, was, there any, was was there any one part of that that just set you off more than uh, 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 than another part of it? Yes. The man had a daughter, Jeremy. His her mother's pictures, her mother's keepsakes are gone forever. She threw them away or she gave them away. If it was just the man, if it was just the husband, I could see doing it and it would still be wrong. But he but there's a daughter who has no reason to ever move on from her love or memories or nostalgia about her mother. I mean, come on. What is wrong with you? I agree 100%. I didn't think about it from that angle, but you're right. I personally thought about it from, from the angle of it was two years. And then he asked me about it. And I wasn't going to lie to him. Girl, you already lied to him. Two years of keeping this deep, dark secret that you threw away all his pictures. Don't act like you're forthcoming now. You done did dirt underhanded. Like you didn't lie to him, but you were very underhanded. For two years, for two years, you lived your life and smiled and quote unquote felt like you won. Now with the repercussions, now when he don't want to talk to you, now when you sleep in separate rooms, now when you probably headed for a divorce, now there's, there's I know what I did was wrong. How come you think that two years ago? Two years and you never brought it up? The two other years. Funny, Go ahead. Other funny thing is she calls it a mistake, a monumental mistake, even. That is not a mistake. That is premeditated. Yep. You did that on purpose. Yep. And 100%. you did it repeatedly because there's no way you did it in one fell swoop. It's not like you just ripped up a picture. It's not like you threw out a bag of clothes. You had to make several trips multiple times to get all of the stuff gone. That's re- I mean, I Jeremy, what is wrong with people? And yes, for a fact, you are the apple. Yep. The way I feel, I feel like just like JT. JT, uh, Justin Timberlake, you don't have to say what you did. I already know. I found out when I couldn't find a picture. Now it's just too late <laughs> for you and me. You'll never be. You'll cry me a river, girl. Cry me a doggone river. It's your turn to cry. That's how I feel. Yep. Well, that's how we feel. How did you guys feel about this crazy woman and her crazy antics? Are we being ridiculous? Are we not giving enough benefit of the doubt? Do we just not understand? Or is she, in fact, the apple? Rat me, boys! Do you have cold floors in your home? It may be time to insulate your crawl space because cold air is rising into the rest of your home. Alfred Home Solutions can fix this problem. Call them today at 304-317-4105 today to book your free insulation estimate. Again, 304-317-4105. Don't wait. Insulate. Are you a Big 12 basketball obsessed fan and have nowhere to go for just all of your Big 12 basketball information? Look no further because Midwest Madness is here just for you. We talk men's and women's basketball all year long. With exclusive interviews, guests that come on to talk about each team, game recaps once the season begins, and so much more content you won't know what to deal with. So for all of your Big 12 basketball needs, Midwest Madness is your place to go. Listen on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. I got five on it. Our favorite time of week. We get five questions. We let you know what we think. Hey, spin it, Jordan. What's up, RV gang? We're ready to rock, aren't we? Let's get things started with the first blank. 
Coach Brown saying we had no idea what Maryland was going to do on defense meant blank. He needed to adapt. It meant he needed to adapt. If you couldn't plan for what they were going to do, then you adapt to what they present. He needed to adapt. And as we'll get to later on in the roundup, adjustments have not been the strong point of this offense. For me, it meant it means to me that there should be some kind of leniency. That's the first thing I think to begin with. Because when you can't prepare for a defense, you don't know what's going to throw at you. Like you were talking about blocking schemes and the way they attacked. But the only reason why I can't give them leniency, though I want to, I have to tell them denied, is because of what the offense has been looking like. And this offense has been looking the exact same. Um, this is not something new. This is not the first game in, in, in eight games where we played poorly on offense. This has been a string of bad offensive performances uh, of all kinds of mistakes and whatnot. So I can't give him leniency, but I, I want to say that it means that we should give him leniency, though I don't. Number two, adding Cincinnati, BYU, UCF, and Houston, blank. Is better than I expected. When you go look at the numbers, when you go look at the rankings, this becomes a better football conference than, than most people recognize. As good, if not better, than the Pac-12, and as good, if not better, than the Clemson-less ACC. Now, of course, Clemson is in the ACC, and we don't have a juggernaut, but besides Clemson, we're on par when you add these teams. It's better than what I initially would have thought. I, I agree 100%. I'm more excited than I expected to be. Obviously, I want to get out. If we can go to the Big Ten, if we can go to the ACC, who knows if that's even possible. That's what I want to do. But adding these four teams, I feel like is potential too. Cincinnati, hot better recruiting. Central Florida, hot better recruiting. Houston, hot better recruiting. BYU has their own brand. I think the biggest thing you need to point to was a team like TCU. Once it became a Power 5 school, their recruiting and everything else jumped up because they were a Power 5 school. And I think all four of these teams have that kind of potential. Um, obviously, it's not my first choice, but I'm actually way more optimistic um, about adding them than I was before. Number three. Woo! Neil Brown saying the wide receivers won 80% of their plays makes you feel blank vindicated i feel vindicated because i believed in these receivers to begin with i thought they would come out and be better than they were last year and they were they were only credited with two drops and if they were winning 80 percent of their matchups it meant maryland had to adjust and change from their man position to more zone because the receivers are like that they have the talent they have the ability i feel vindicated for believing in these receivers I, the way I feel is if if the receivers, I thought they dropped a lot of balls. Maybe they didn't drop, drop many. Maybe my mind was playing tricks on me. Maybe I had a little shadows of last year. But if Neil Brown says they won 80% of their plays, Neil Brown also said that Diggy pretty much played well other than a few plays that got away from him when he tried to correct bad plays. If that's the case, then the offensive line is the problem. If Deggy played it played solid w without those couple mistakes, if the receivers were getting open 80% of the time, 
then it wasn't the play calling because they were getting open. It wasn't the quarterback because Neil seemed to be not happy with Deggy, but just that he made a few mistakes. We must have a bad offensive line. Or at least they just had a tough time in that Maryland game. That must, that has to be the answer. That's what he's saying when he says that. I don't agree. Why not? Because Letty Brown at one point was averaging 5.3 yards per carry. I think he finished averaging over four okay, yards per okay, carry. Okay, excuse me. All right, pass, pass, pass blocking uh, uh, offensive line. Or that, pass blocking. That's possible. but Because if they got open 80% of the plays, and he didn't seem like he was too upset with Deggy except for a couple bad plays where he threw bad passes, what else could it be? I would say play calling, but it can't be play calling if the receiver's getting open. So if it's not Deggy, it's not the receivers, and not play calling, Brandon, it has to be the, the, the offensive line not giving them time, right? What else could it be? I mean, I don't know. How many sacks did they give up? How many pressures were there? I don't know. I mean, I don't, that's the thing is I don't really know that that's what that means. Um, I don't know. Because somebody has to be at fault for only putting up 14 points on the offense. That's what I'm saying, Brandon. Only putting up 14 points. Yes, because I don't count 21 because one of them uh, pretty much uh, went to right, took it all the way to the house. Second half, I guess they did make three points. So that's 17 points. But they didn't have a lot of drives. They didn't score a lot of points. They didn't do a whole lot on offense. Your receivers are getting open 80% of the time. Deggy's playing pretty much well other than a couple of mistakes. Brandon, and the play calling seems to be good because your receivers are getting open. Where's the problem? Where's the I, issue? I thought the play calling was terrible. Letty Brown didn't touch the ball in the fourth quarter. I thought the play calling was terrible. And I think That's it's true. Been, I'm, I think it's been bad. I think the I'm play just calling, saying with I'm just saying on pass plays, if the receivers got open 80% of the time, then it has to be the offensive line if you're not blaming, blaming it on I Deggie. also don't agree with Neil Brown when he says Deggy played well, except for a handful of uh, Now, a maybe of that's him defending his quarterback. Now, that's, that's a possibility. He's defending his quarterback. He's trying to keep that confidence in his quarterback. But but if they got open 80% of the plays, there's only one or two problems. The offensive yeah, I mean, line of the quarterback. So you tell me, Neil Brown. Number four. I'm most interested in seeing blank versus LIU. Jeremy, if everybody does not shout in unison the same thing I'm about to say, they're either lying or they're named Neil Brown. Garrett Green. I'm most interested in seeing Garrett Green. I have to see Garrett Green. You said or they're named Neil Brown. Huh? You said or they're named Neil Brown. Because clearly... We, we know what Jarrett Daggy can do. We see his ceiling. We know what he has. There's no potential left in him. He is what he is. Garrett Green is the unknown. Neil Brown's seen him. Jared Parker's seen him. You know, the other players have seen him. But, but us as fans, we've not gotten to see him in any extended amount of play. I'm most excited to see Garrett Green like the rest of all of Mountaineer Nation. You know what? You're probably right on this. I didn't think, I thought about it um, on a bigger angle. My thing were, was the biggest thing I want to see is the depth. I want to see Justin Johnson. I want to see uh, Prather. I want to see some more players on defense being rotated in. Um, if we didn't rotate enough and we wore out on defense against Maryland, um, clearly Deggy wasn't getting it done on offense. So LIU's a chance for us to get to see because people I heard people say about Garrett Green, well, where was the opportunity for him to come in? Well, we're going to have an opportunity on LIU. So I want to see this depth, um, all these other players that we're going to need in the Big 12 for the year. 
to play well and deep in games when you're playing people who are just punch you in the mouth and you got to rotate people in and out. I need to see a lot of people play and 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 to to uh, Neil Brown's credit, he said we're going to see it. But I'm most interested in seeing the depth that we have to prepare these kids. But your answer was better than mine because the answer has to be Neil uh, uh, Garrett Green specifically. Number five. The loss of Maryland will have blank impact on the rest of the year. No impact. Zero impact. The loss, to, and I believe that, we did not lose a nail-biter. We didn't get the game stolen from us, so there will be no hangover. It's a rivalry game, albeit a small, little rivalry. It's still a rivalry. We lost the game. We didn't get blown out. We didn't lose a heartbreaker. We just lost the game that we could have won. It will have no impact. The players are saying the right thing. The coaches are saying the right things. I genuinely feel each game will be its own, and this game will have no impact on what happens going forward. I feel like little impact. Now, Neil Brown said during the press conference, he said, we're going to practice. This is going to change the way that we practice. We're going to practice a lot harder, like being, you know, be a lot tougher. And I get that. But I feel like when JC said, you are who you are before you got here. We are who we are. I've learned in my life when people show you who they are, believe them. And I'm not saying we're that exact team that played against Maryland, but I don't know how much better we can be. So maybe the coaches coach a little harder. Um, but I really don't think it's going to have as big of an impact unless somebody like Garrett Green comes in like Pat, Pat White and turns everything around. The Maryland loss, it is what it is. I really just don't see a major impact from the team like, oh, we're going to really play now. No, like you said, it was a rivalry game. I think they were hyped up and ready to go. How much more? Oh, no, I'm really ready for this game. I you know think I, mean? <laughs> I will say I heard some insider information. One of the players in the team talks anyway. They, the Mountaineers expected to win, and I think they expected to roll over Maryland. So I don't think they were mentally as focused maybe as they should have been. Brandon, don't say that because we're going to start a whole new conversation on how in the world could you not be mentally prepared when you went 6-4 last year. How well, I don't think you can be mentally prepared. World. I think there's a difference. There's a difference. We've seen it plenty of times at our Mountaineer football teams. Like I don't yes. think so. I don't think it was a matter of playing hard. I I just think, and I think but the coaches said, said felt we, the same way. That's why the play calling was so vanilla. Yeah, that's a major mistake. And how many times have you seen us in our career uh, recover from something like this? Because I feel like sometimes we make excuses like, "Yeah, now they're going to get be be prepared," or maybe they were holding back for the first game, and then I never see it like really change. Like it's the same thing. No, that wasn't the case at all. We just gave it our best shot and didn't get it done. Well, let's get to the roundup. Let's end this yeah. segment because I've got something to say about that. All right. Well, there it is. Five questions, five answers. Be fiend. I also hate Pitt. Jay and fiend, get at us. Rat me, boys. Hello, frog fans. I am Melissa Trebowasser, and this is the Hit the Horn podcast, your source for all things TCU athletics. And I'm Colin Post, and together we'll keep you up to date on all things Horn Frog Sports, providing perspective as two people that cover TCU and are also fans of the Frogs. Each week, we'll recap the biggest games on the schedule, including football, basketball, soccer, volleyball, and more. So when you're looking for the latest news, insights, and even our opinions, be sure to hit the horn and give us a listen. 
your home for everything Kansas Jayhawks is the Rock Chalk Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Metz, and every week we run through the most important stories for all your favorite Kansas programs, whether it's football, soccer, or tennis, volleyball or basketball, baseball and softball, or any other Jayhawk competition, we have it. We have game previews and recaps, interviews with coaches and others close to the team, and analysis from those who pay close attention to all of these programs. You can find us by searching for Rock Chalk Podcast on your favorite platform, so start listening today. Let's get to the roundup. The roundup pretty much is going to be solely focused on these Mountaineers, the Maryland game, the LIU game. Uh, we're not trying to beat a dead horse. Do have to go over a few things. But we also have to talk about LIU. First things first, I want to talk about before we get on into all the nitty gritty. I first want to say that I am Jay and Fiend Jeremy Phoenix. I'm here with my brother. Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt. I was like halfway in between. I was just going to say your name. Then I, last second decided to let you say your name. That's the reason I came all you know, a little weak. But anyway, uh, first things first, man, let's give some shout outs. Shout out to the West Virginia soccer team. Brandon. Dan Stratford representing over Pitt and Penn State going from unranked up to number five in the nation. Penn State may have won some football games in the past few years. But when it comes to drinking beers and playing soccer, yes, we also got Pitt. So big time, we're up to number five in the country in soccer. That's right. Don't get it twisted. We have a lot of big games coming up. We got Ohio State. Then we get Marshall. We also play a good Dayton squad. I believe Akron's on the schedule. Akron is ranked in the top 25. Dayton is just outside the top 25. A lot of things to come, but West Virginia soccer is definitely heading in the right direction, and I love the hunger that they're showing. But don't forget about West Virginia volleyball. How do you Five and the, undefeated. How do you pronounce the coach's name? Sunahara. 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 Doing it. Doing it and doing it well. Five well, and well, zero. We talked about soccer, but you left out N to the Izzo, B to the Brazil. Okay, go ahead. Women's soccer still to. ranked number eighteen. That's right. It's been a little rough patch. I think we have three losses on the year, but don't ever count them out, especially with a coach like Nikki Izzo. Love it. Me too. So let's get to this roundup, Brandon. Do you All listen right, so- to the press? Do you listen to the Neil Brown presser? I did. How'd you feel about it? I like that he takes accountability. Um, but some of the stuff he said was concerning to me. One of the things that was really concerning was the fact that they did not get players in the game that they wanted to get in the game. He said Dante Stills, Taj Austin played way too many snaps. He said the safeties played way too many snaps. He didn't get enough of the the backup secondary players to play. Um but he also talked about miscommunication leading to burn timeout, miscommunication leading to two big plays defensively, miscommunication, miscommunication, miscommunication. That is coaching. That is a coaching problem. I expected that out of a Dana Holgerson type offense. You expect fireworks and explosion and explosions, but you also expected to not always get your eyes dotted and T's crossed. I did not expect that from a Neil Brown led team. That's disconcerting for me. Um, another problem I had. Well, no, I'll let you go. 
No, that's what I'm saying. Like uh, one thing I liked is directly after the game, it wasn't the presser today, which was uh, Tuesday. It was right after the game when he talked. Uh, one thing I loved is that he he talked about it's fair. The criticism is fair. I think that's big because this week, this week, especially on Twitter and Facebook, that's been a big deal criticizing the team. And he's like, look, I understand why the why, why the the uh, fan base feels the way they feel, and they deserve to. He kept saying it's fair, and like and like he said today. We're judged on games. We're judged on the outcome of games. And that's what it is. I like some stuff he said. He said he had extreme faith. Um, and he seemed like he was very honest about things. But what I like more is winning. But before I get into all that, I do want to give a tip of the cap, a big shout out to Brandon. If you don't shout out Winston Wright, I understand he dropped the fumble on the punt. But the dude put up the most yards ever in the kickoff return. Let's be positive for a second. Big shout out to Winston Jet Life Wright. Sean Martin, he talked about. He singled out Sean Martin for his play. He talked about Akeem Mesidor. He said some big things about Akeem Mesidor. If the entire defense or the entire team, all 22 would have played like him, it would have been a, a more successful game. He talked about TJ Banks. He said he pretty, he didn't hurt us at all. TJ Banks stepping in for Michael Laughlin, playing well. Um, the whole kickoff return team, big shout-outs to them for doing what they were supposed to do, for showing up in College Park. But there were a lot of things other than that that he talked about. And, uh, you know, a lot of us saw it already. Like, he said it, but we already knew it. He talked about not playing good team defense, not tackling well, turnovers. Talked about how the offensive line had to be more physical. Um, there was a lot of things that 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 uh, he talked about that we already knew, that we saw with our own eyes. So there's no need to beat a dead horse necessarily unless you got something else, you know, that you feel like you really need to say. It is what it is. It's like we're on to LIU now. We're on to see what adjustments they can make. It hurts. Don't get it twisted. It hurts. Um, I'm not completely out of my feels. But what you going to do? The game's only a few, game, few days away. I guess you could take a couple more days to be mad. But we're on to the next one, man. There's 12 games in this season. It doesn't end after one game. We have whole, We have conference play coming up. We have Virginia Tech coming up, which we owe them one. There's so much coming on. Like right now, it's not a time to be down. Hey, if you want to take one more day, that's cool. After that, baby, get back, get back on it because this team needs you. And this team has the potential to be solid, to be good. Do you want to hear some interesting uh, comparisons between Neil Brown and Rich Rod? Yeah, go ahead. I, I saw him, but go ahead. T tell them to the people. Rich Rod versus Neil Brown through two seasons and the first game of the third season, according to Ravi Parker on Twitter. Rich Rod was 12 and 13. Neil Brown is 11 and 12. Basically the same. There's some other statistics, but the one that's important to me is the record versus top 25, which Maryland was not. Rich Rod was 2 and 9. Neil Brown is 2 and 7. So far. So people talk about how bad off we are or Neil Brown, we don't trust him. It takes a while to build a program. It just does. Very rarely can somebody step in and turn everything around immediately. The only time you can turn everything around immediately is if you're so bad that the only place to go is up or if you're so good that all you need is the right coach to be in position to get some wins. You know what I'm saying, Jeremy? I understand that. The only thing I, I hate about this is this is what everybody does. Just like in the offseason, everybody thinks their team's going to win the national championship. Brady, you ever seen that movie, He's Just Not That Into You? And I know you have. Yeah. The whole movie 
it's specifically talking about girls and some of their girlfriends. Every situation that a girl's in where she's crying or feeling hurt over because some guy did something, there's always some girl comes along and says, oh, well, this one time. Then she mentions the situation the girl's in that talks about the one time in life it's worked out. I feel like we do that with sports so many times. I mean, I know Neil Brown is bad, but Rich Rod, he started out. That's the exception to the rule. Usually, this is how things go. Every once in a while, there's an exception to the rule. So I want to believe that people are right, but they said the same thing about Dana. Every time something's bad and people want to make themselves feel better or want to make feel other people feel better, they come with this line of, well, this one time, you know. I mean, Dana, and, wasn't, and, Dana wasn't terrible, if we're being fair. Dana won 10 games twice. Dana won an Orange Bowl by scoring 70 points. If we could get back to winning BCS, I mean, BCS level bowl games, I'd be happy. This is true, but Dana, but Dana won with somebody else's players. But most importantly, the reason why I feel like Dana really was uh, not terrible but bad is because when he left, he left the cupboard, cupboard ed- empty. Well, he definitely and- abandoned ship on recruiting high school kids and decided to try to do it through transfers and JUCOs. So I agree with you there. I'm not acting like Dana's good. I'm just saying Dana did some good things. I'm, I'm, I'm just letting you know the reason why I judge him a little more harshly. It's because when they say you leave a program better than when you got it, yeah, he did some big things. But when he left, there was nothing. Neil Brown had nothing. And Dana knew it. That's why he was leaving. Yep. But here's what's interesting about Neil Brown and his track record. So it's not just a comparison to Rich Rod. It's also specifically what Neil Brown has done. And this comes from Jed Drenning on Twitter, the signal caller. In 2017 at Troy, Brown's Trojans mustered just 215 offensive yards in an ugly opening day loss. Four weeks later, en route to an 11-win season, Troy pulled off the biggest upset of the 2017 college football season with a stunning win over LSU in Baton Rouge. Is that the only time? No. 2018, Brown's Trojans were upended 56-20 by Boise State at home. Two weeks later, the Trojans upset Nebraska and Lincoln as double-digit underdogs on their way to an impressive 10-win season. So the point is, it's not necessarily that we're going to win 10 10 games this year. It's just that Neil Brown has shown he can make adjustments and he can keep the team. He doesn't necessarily lose the team. Some coaches, some staffs lose teams mentally and emotionally off of losses like this. I don't think that'll be the case here. By the way, I love that you said that because I thought about that earlier today, and I wanted to say that, and I'm so glad because somehow I forgot to write it down. I don't think Neil Brown loses a team off Maryland. I don't think anybody's stepping out of line because of Maryland. I think that they do believe in what they're doing there, and he has not lost a team, and I don't feel like he's close to losing the team. So that is a big deal. Yeah, it's a huge deal. And it, and it reminds me that he can figure out what needs to be done. You know what I mean? Like, he can look at this team and say, we didn't do this, we didn't do that, so now we're going to do X, Y, Z. But here's where the problem comes in, Jeremy. Skylar Callahan wrote an article um, that was really interesting to me. I thought it was important. In 20 games against Power 5 opponents, West Virginia has averaged 9.9 points in the second half. Furthermore, WVU has 13 scoreless quarters over that stretch, seven scoreless third quarters, Six scoreless fourth quarters. You know what that tells me? We need to get Jeff Mullins out of here. 
We need to get an offensive coordinator. Neil Brown's the guy calling the plays. They, well, it's Jared Parker and Neil Brown sharing that role. There needs to be a full-time, big-time offensive coordinator. It's time. We, this experiment is over. It doesn't work. We scored three points in the second half against Maryland. Letty Brown didn't touch the ball the entire fourth quarter. It makes no sense when he's your best offensive player outside of Winston Wright, but probably more impactful because the ball goes directly to him. And how you don't recognize that, I don't know. But somebody's got to be accountable for that. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. It's time. I don't, I don't understand how um, Kerry Martin Jr. doesn't get in the game more. They talk about the, them safe. But that's defensively. Like, defensively, we didn't play poorly. We didn't play as well as we were used to. But he, but he specifically talked about people who needed to be rotated, more people needed to play. And he talked about the safeties playing too much. And then I think we have a proven guy. I know he took last year off, but as a freshman, he played really well. We got to get these guys in, which leads us to LIU, unless you have some more to say about Maryland, because I feel like Maryland, we've covered pretty well. Yeah. I just feel like LIU, like we talked on, I got five on it. We got to get these guys in the game. There's, You know what? Most years... Oh, when you play a small team like this, you really can't learn much. I remember talking to Tony Gibson after one of the games we played. I can't even remember who we played. Um, and I said, how much can you really learn from a game like this? And he's like, nah, you, you really don't learn a lot. But now, because we're trying to develop that depth, um, because we have an offensive line that is gelling, um, because we have a quarterback that we want to see where he's at in the process, because we're trying to rotate you know, a few more people in at different spots, LIU is going to be huge because all these excuses of, well, was it the right time or, uh, you know, you didn't want to do this. Like, LIU is the game. This is big for us because we have to get players in and see how they actually play when when the lights are on. Yeah, I just want to see Garrett Green. I, I'm with you. I, I just want to see – I want to see somebody else operate the offense. I want to see Justin Johnson too, Brandon. Justin Johnson – I mean, Tony Mathis is looking like he's going to play. Okay, so, if Tony Mathis plays, I need to see somebody else in the game because last year a big problem was Letty Brown not being able to be spelled. And in this game, granted, he didn't have as many you know touches and whatnot, but also we didn't see anybody who could spell him because nobody did spell him. Justin Johnson got two snaps, and he never touched the ball. So, yeah. But where, where are we going now? No, that's what I got. That's about all I got. Unless you want to talk more about, you know, these four teams being uh, offered it to come into or, or possibly the potential that they're going to be coming into the Big 12, um, which, you know, you've heard reports it's going to be 27 months and minimum for them to get out and a $10 million exit for each of the teams. Um, I think that there is definite value in each and every one of these teams, but nothing's official. So we don't have to talk about this week unless you want to. No, I mean, I think we should talk about it, to be honest, like. The thing is, the 27 uh, months is negotiable. We know that for a fact. It always is. Um, the money's negotiable, and it's not that much. And usually the league will help with those kinds of things. Um, I did, I did want to say I want to talk about our players' gr- uh, pro football focus grades from Maryland. Okay, I didn't see those at all. So we had nobody above a seven. The highest graded offensive player was 67.6. And that was Isaiah Esdale. 67.6 is not very good. Yeah. 
Um, on defense, the high the, on defense, the highest rated player had a seventy nine point nine to tell you the difference in how the defense played and the offense played. Seventy nine point nine grade. And you know who it was, Jay? Mesador. Jackie Matthews. Was it? Ah, yeah. I'm telling you, I noticed the difference when he came in the game. I promise. Jackie Matthews, 79.9. Not only did you notice, but David Long noticed and tweeted about it. Um, and Kaiser White tweeted about it, too. Daryl Porter Jr., who gave up a big play, the, a huge play, actually graded out pretty well at a 70.5. It's pretty good for a guy at, at his age. Jordan Jefferson, 78.5 from the defensive line. Now, of course, that's a minimum of 10 snaps. He didn't play as much as Mesador. But definitely, um, he definitely played well. So, I just, I thought it was interesting. Dante Stills graded out at a 55.3. Yeah, I noticed. I noticed when Neil Brown was talking about motor and effort, he didn't mention Dante. Jared Dagey was the second lowest offensive player, 50.1. So, when we're talking about these receivers getting open, and we're talking about whether or not we called the right plays, and Daggy didn't really play that poorly. Ah, uh, the numbers say otherwise. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. So that's where we are. I wanted to bring that up with Maryland. I'm not saying these guys can't get better. I think they will. I'm not worried about Dante Stills at all. The guy's he's a dog, and I think he'll be fine. I, I think Maryland ran away from him. I think Maryland was prepared for him, um, which allowed some other guys to eat. So I'm not really worried about that, to be honest. I'm happy that the secondary was better than what they appeared in moments. I have to remind myself, we only gave up 30 points despite giving up four turnovers. That's huge. Yeah. Especially with yeah. guys like Rakeem Jarrett on the other side of the ball playing for the Terrapins. Yeah, I'm not worried about the defense. I think the defense will, uh, will bounce back and be fine. Yeah, I the, agree. The, the question is the same question that we've had for the last 18 months. The quarterback. Who's going to play offense? Yep, we'll see. So that's what we got, the RVK. Get at us. Let us know what you like, what you love, how you feel. Let's get ready for LIU. It's time. Once again, the RVK's back up in the mood to tell you why we hate LIU, Long Island University, the Sharks. Now, let's be real. Y'all some guppies. If we're being fair, you guys are little. You're not big. You're prey. You're not predators. I don't even understand how you get the name Sharks being on Long Island. Be true to who and what you are. Come up with something more realistic. Come up with something more apropos. You guys, as I mentioned, are little fish in a very big pond. You're an FCS school. You're coming to play with big boys. We're power five. You guys don't know anything about that. Autonomous, they call us. You don't know anything about that. Your stadium fits 6,000 people. Literally, there are stadiums in the state of West Virginia, a small and very poor state, Fit more people, including Parkersburg High School, 8,500. That's with some of the stands out of commission. 
You guys have no idea what you're in for except for a payday, and I'm not talking about candy. So take the cash and run because it's on, son. Come Saturday, we're getting at you, and there's going to be no mercy. Hey, look, I want to first give a big shout-out. Big shout-out to Roosevelt, Hempstead. Look, our parents are from there, um, so we should have so much love for Long Island. But this is why we hate Long Island University. We hate Long Island University. Now, here's the thing. I know what I'm about to say is not about Long Island University specifically, but it is about the island itself. Y'all should have told us. Y'all should have let us know. I hate you because you kept it to yourself. What am I talking about? A man from North Babylon that came to West Virginia. Jason Gwaltney. The number one running back, the number one player in all of New York from Long Island. Y'all knew what he was about. Y'all knew that dude didn't like to go to class. And I know it wasn't your university specifically, but it was your island. It represents you. It was your people. Y'all should have let us know. I was so excited when I was young. My dad was talking about this kid. He's like the number five player in the country. He's going to be a beast. He's a .988 or, or 247. I was so excited. You know how much energy and time I wasted as well as all the Mountaineers wasted? On Jason Gwaltney? That's on you. It's on you, Island, and that's on you, Long Island University. That's why I hate you. You know another reason why I hate you? Because you guys have no common decency. You don't think about anybody else. When you scheduled this game with West Virginia University, when you decided to bring these kids from Long Island down here to a big boy conference, did you once think about the poor parents, the poor family and friends who had to watch this assault that is going to happen Saturday? Did you once think about how they're going to feel watching their kids get embarrassed And the pain they're going to feel when their kids are getting whipped on the football field. Have you ever been there? Have you ever, have you you had nieces and nephews or children uh, uh, watching them in Little League sports and them just getting played out embarrassed, getting whipped and beat up the entire time? I hate you, LIU, because that is what you have done to these parents, family, and friends. Not not, Not to mention, they also have to put themselves through it, watching this entire game when they can do something else with their Saturday. We already know what's going to happen. But no, you only think about yourself. You only think about, like Brandon said, that money. I hate you because you put these kids, these kids, these young adults in this dangerous, you put them in harm's way. It's a big deal. Don't get it twisted. It's a big deal when you take kids who are not in the same class to a bigger and stronger class. Like, literally, they could get hurt. Just look at Bishop, what's it, Bishop Sycamore, the made-up high school that played this really good team on ESPN, and the announcers the whole time kept saying, this is getting dangerous. It's, it's true. You can't take a team that's not ready for big boy football and put them there because it's dangerous to the kids' health. I hate you because of that, because you were so worried about the money, you didn't think about these kids' health. All these, these kids are going to be in ice baths after this game, down in Morgantown for weeks. And you don't care about that. That was none of your concern. Another reason why I hate you is I hate when people make terrible programs look like they're juggernauts. Last week, you played FIU. 
and made them look like Notre Dame. FIU whipped you 48 to 10. Florida International. That's what we're talking about. Yes, the same Florida International that went 0-5 last year in Conference USA. Conference USA is in the big, big boy conference. And yet they played you and beat you 48 to 10, and you made them look like all all-stars. I hate you because you're playing these teams and making them feel or look like, like they're Notre Dame. It's ridiculous. We're not interested in you. We hate you. Part of the reason why we hate you is that people from your own island aren't even interested in you. So why should we be? What I'm talking about, I'm talking about in sports. I'm going to name some names. Tell me if you know them. Craig Biggio, Jumbo Elliott, Boomer Sison, DeBrickishaw Ferguson, Vinny Testaverde, Sue Bird. You know what they all have in common? They all weren't interested in Long Island University. They're all from Long Island. But none of them went to your university. They weren't interested. Why? Because you're a teeny tiny worthless school in in, in, uh, in athletics. I'm telling. I'm not sitting here telling you you should have got every single talent that comes from your island. What I'm telling you is you should at least get one. I'm sitting here looking at your alumni. I'm looking at your Hall of Fame. I can't find one person that I actually know. There's so much talent coming out of there. I look at Florida. There's Florida, Florida State, UCF, uh, Miami. There's all these other schools, the other South Florida. And all of them have somebody that everybody recognizes in their athletic program. Long Island, you are not one of them. So because they don't care about you, we don't care about you, and we hate you. Look, bring your program down here, and I promise we're going to put the whipping on like you know what's going to happen. And you know what? I'll even phone up and tell them to bring some more uh, ice for your ice baths that you're going to be having all week. Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.